Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 24, our best of. Yeah, this is the cream of the crop. Of what exactly, though, Joe? Of our best reviews, not the best shows. Right. We're not saying these are our favorite things we've reviewed. These are our most enjoyable reviews. So we have... Uh, two each. So I picked two of my favorite reviews that you did. You picked two of the favorite reviews that I did. Yes. And then we have a favorite sponsor. Correct. The first choice, which was mine this time, is Demo's review of When They See Us. Demo really started to well up with tears when he did this review. I got emotional. He honestly was... um, you can say it. He was breaking down. Uh, I was crying. He was crying like a uh, hungry uh, baby uh, yeah. wearing a diaper. Just very, <laughs> it was hard for me to watch. So I feel like I need to exercise uh, some of these memories and share this with all of you again. But I think he really liked the show. Is I why, did. Is why he got that way. So here is Demo's emotional review from episode number 12 of Binge or Purge of Netflix's limited series, When They See Us. I just finished watching this an hour ago, and I'm a mess. (laughs) I am a complete mess. It is When They See Us on Netflix. This is the docudrama about the Central Park Five back from 1989. Yeah, I'm about halfway into it. You're about about halfway into it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, just to cover the bases... It's four episodes, about five hours total of screen time. This is Ava DuVernay's whole baby, right? She's the creator. She's the co-writer. She's the director. And Oprah is an executive producer. And Robert De Niro is an executive producer. So there's a lot of money put into this. It's a great production. But I got to tell you, man, it's brutal. I'm I'm emotionally drained from it. I did it. I did the first two episodes last night, and I did the 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 following two this afternoon. Like I said, I just finished it an hour ago, and I'm wiped out. I'm mm-hmm. done. I can. Be- I don't even really want to do this podcast. I'm yeah. so drained from it. This is an infuriating, maddening scream at your screen show. Now I know, like, it's getting some criticism from like some people that get the they get the shaft in this movie, like how they're portrayed. And this is I don't give a, I don't care. I don't I don't know the facts enough. I can only review the show that I just watched. Right. Okay. I don't know the history and the, the the ins and outs and the little intricacies of how the whole case was. I don't care. I can only review what my eyeballs saw, and my eyeballs saw something that was so upsetting to me, and just. I don't know, man. It just killed. This show killed me. This show killed me. Really. It made you angry. So angry. So, because here's the thing. This went down April 19th, 
1989 is the date. It's about the uh, Central Park jogger. She gets uh, brutally raped and beaten. And these five young black kids... Uh, one of the kids was Hispanic. And I say young, I mean young. They get convicted for it, and it's about everything that happens, and it's, it's all true. It's, it's completely based on a true story. It was all in the news. Here's the thing. This happened the weekend I turned 16. Wow. So I can't, I can't, I'm getting, I don't want to get emotion. It was. <laughs> Demo's it, crying, everybody. It was, it was, I just could, I could totally relate to the, I think about if I'm 16 and this was happening to me and it, like this, this, these kids were going through exactly my lifespan, you know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I'm fine. And these kids are going to prison. And the, the oldest one was 16. The rest of them were younger. One kid was 14. Yeah. And it's just madness. There's a million people that are in this thing. But who stands out the most for my rage meter is um, Felicity Huffman. I hate Felicity Huffman so much in this that I hope she goes to prison for her uh, college submission scandal. I think that's probably pretty well, likely. Well, she deserves it for this performance. Yeah. She's so good at being this horrible person that I, I, I wanted to go to real prison for it. <laughs> and win an Oscar and, while yeah, she's in there. Yeah, she can, she can win an Emmy in there, but I mean, you want to strangle her. Yeah. And, then, and then Vera Farmiga. They're the, two, they're the two women that are basically leading the charge with prosecuting these kids. Right. And you want to... I'm sorry, I'm getting so... I'm so rage-filled. Demo's crying, uh, sobbing right now. All right, all right. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna Tears. chill out. I'm gonna chill out here a little bit. I'm gonna chill out. Let's get back to the production. The performances of the kids are fantastic. The first two episodes is the best part of it. I found the third episode lost its mojo a little. It deals with them, the aftermath, and them either being in prison or getting out of prison. And then the fourth episode deals primarily with um, Corey Wise. He was the 16-year-old, and he got sent to big boy prison. The other kids went to like a a juvenile detention center. He went to full-on prison. And that fourth episode is brutal. Now, how many episodes is it? I guess it's four. It's a five-hour commitment. Mm. Okay, I'm going to say binge because it's too good not to watch, but binge it knowing like, this is going to like wreck your world. If you have any compassion as a human being, it's going to wreck your world. Yeah. I, my takeaway from the the first, I think I've seen the first episode is all, uh, it didn't really portray the kids and that culture very well either. Uh, I mean, I know they turn out kind of to be the victims in the story, but the way it presented kind of how they would go down to the park and they'd beat people up and whatever it sort of sets up this idea that like, well, they were in the wrong place on purpose, you know? Yeah. But I mean, there's like how many kids were down there? Like 30? Yeah. 40? Yeah. And they're just, just, and they're just like, okay, we, we just got it. They're playing, the, the cops are playing pin the tail on the donkey. Right. They're like, okay, we got, yeah, this, this fits our, our scenario that we want to go with. Yeah. It was almost a lottery drawing at that point. Right. They were going to get. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was hard to watch even the first episode. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to finish it, but I'm not looking forward to. This was uh, not fun. No, this is not a fun show. None of that. 
What honest question? What yeah. upset you more, um, the second half of this uh, series or the eighth season of Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to answer that. I can't answer that. That's okay. a whole. That's a whole thing. I yeah. mean, you know. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I'm, I don't want to. We'll move on. I think it's pretty clear how it's affected me. Okay. So binge, but keep a box of Kleenexes by, especially if Demo's coming over to watch. Yeah, it with and you. don't you know, uh, you know, put your guns away. You don't so just like you know, you're like I gotta shoot up the place. I want justice, and <laughs> okay. you know, and I don't All you right. know, and but I don't. I can't. I can't comment on the accuracy of it versus like you know the real situation versus a, a docudrama and the creative license i can't comment because i don't know all no. i know is the show that i watched and this is how the show that i watch affected me okay all right well and if that's you know a lot of people want to be affected by television and documentaries and movies that's why we go to them other people want to shut their brain off right and, and watch two and a half men that's fine too right. this is not a shut your brain off yeah Okay, this is a this is a see the world through someone else's point of view type of show, which yeah. is important. I'm glad they made it. So binge, binge. Okay, so that was when they see us on Netflix. Great job, Demo. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Now my turn. My first choice of one of my favorite reviews for Joe is from episode ten, and it's the Bash Brothers. I loved that show. Right. And so I, funny. I did not care for this at all. It wasn't for me, but I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed the review. Also, because I kind of went off on a tangent on this one. You spent about 25 minutes talking about you na- name dropping who's been into the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoyed it. That's why I think I chose it, because it's so out of nowhere. But anyway, here you go. This is Joe's review of the Bash Brothers on Netflix. And also Demo's review of John Tesh and, and, his, and his wife. All right, here we go. <laughs> the next thing I've got, um, this thing blew my mind because it was a total surprise, at, at least to me. And I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm pretty connected. Like I should have heard about this coming. I didn't know about it. It dropped unexpectedly a week ago today. It's called the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. By the Lonely Island. It's a 30-minute special. Any idea what I'm talking about? I saw it trending on Twitter, but I didn't get into it because I had a hunch that I you was gonna... would. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to stay away from this. I, I know that was like, like it dropped at midnight, but like, this is something out of nowhere. Yeah. And I figured, I'm just going to act on instinct and think that Joe is going to cover this, so I'm going to leave it alone. You're totally right. I've watched it three times. Uh, it's hilarious. Do you, do you like the Lonely Island? They can be hit or miss for me. Okay. This is them at their Lonely Islandist. I don't know if you listen to their album, um, Incredibad, but it's a lot of, it's all rap. So, so here's the premise. Um, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco in the late 80s were called the Bash Brothers. They played for the Oakland A's, right? Okay. Do you remember any of this? I know who Jose Canseco. You said, yeah, and Mark McGuire. They both I, yeah, played for the. A's. I know who they are. I don't, but but that's the, my limit of baseball knowledge. I mean, I know who they are. Okay, so they were uh, two of the first guys to start hitting like forty plus home runs Cause, a season because they were roid rangers. They were juicing. Right? They were also a couple of the first guys to really start juicing okay. out of control. Right. Um, that I do know. Yeah, and and when they would hit a home run, they would come around instead of high fiving or whatever they would bash their forearms together. So they called them the Bash Brothers. Okay. Okay. Now, this had a big impression on me because when I was, let's see, I would have been probably five or six at the time. 
my mom was working like half a day a week doing merchandising at a sporting goods store and she would like set up the mannequins whatever and uh the guy would send home posters for me so i had posters in my room of the bash brothers and one was mark mcguire one was jose canseco and the posters they were standing on opposite sides of the san francisco bay and they were hitting the baseball back and forth to each other across the bay Mm because that's how powerful their bats were you get it yeah i got it um i'm starting to question your uh proclivities it was <laughs> it was a big thing back if you liked baseball when you were very young uh especially on the west coast you knew about the bash brothers okay so the premise of this special is that back in 1988 when these guys were hitting all the home runs and very popular that they also made a rap album and so this special is i think it's eight or nine music videos of the songs on that rap album so, so the special is like a compilation of music videos. Yeah, it's just there's, music videos. It's just, there's no narrative story to go with it. No, I mean, there's as much of a like arc as you would find on an album. Okay. If that makes sense. But All right. it's just music videos one after another. Okay. A couple little interstitials, but um, it's stylized to look like it was made in the 80s. There's uh, some guest appearances. Um, Stephanie Beatriz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Maya Rudolph. Anna Simone, Sterling K. Brown plays Sia, the singer. <laughs> it's <laughs> this thing is bizarre. If if you uh, if if you do drugs, this would be a good time to do the drugs and watch this because um, it's so strange and visually it's amazing. Here's the thing about the Lonely Island: they parody rap songs, so they have some songs that sound sort of like the Beastie Boys. Um, they've got kind of a slow jam called Oakland Knights that mm-hmm. apparently they're playing at the stadium now in between innings. Now I have a question. Which yep. members of the Lonely Island are playing these two? Or- That's a great question. So Andy Sandberg plays Jose Canseco. Okay. Uh, and Akiva Schaefer plays Mark McGuire. <laughs> okay. I needed that. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm, now I can visualize this much more. Yeah. All right. And they don't really do anything to them to make them look like, I mean, other than a wig. Okay. Uh, they're, they're not wearing like some ridiculous, like pumped up muscle shirt no, or, okay. no, there, I think there's, there's like one scene where they are uh, wearing just that. They don't show them like shooting up and juicing. Oh yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they take it full on. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing is the stuff they parody their songs, if their songs were just regular songs would be better than the source material. Like I would rather hear these parody songs than actual R&B right now or whatever they're playing on like the top 40 stations. These songs are all could be top 40 alone. If they weren't full of jokes, they would be regular. They are great with song parodies. I mean, they they crush it when it comes to that. Yeah. And I don't know if you like rap or not. I'm not a big rap fan, but Mm. I can tell when it's good or bad. And these guys, I mean, they're very talented and whoever's producing their music with them is very talented. Um, oh, and Yorma Tacone is in it a couple times briefly. He, okay. he has a little guest appearance at the end that's really good. If you don't like rap, this is not for you. It's also very juvenile. It's, um, it's a parody, so it's like filthy at times, but it's also very smart when they decide to shock you. It's usually really funny. A lot of talk about steroids, you know, hitting home runs, making money, shooting up. Hooking up with chicks. That's all they did, according to this show. So uh, Sounds like a life. Yeah. 
pretty good. Definite binge. If if you like The Lonely Island, you're going to love this. You've probably already seen it if you like The Lonely Island. Side note, when I worked at the, the cake hole that's code for the Cheesecake Factory, mm-hmm. uh, I waited on Jose Canseco once. That's funny you say that because I saw him there one time. Oh, he loved it there. Yeah, he, he loved, yeah the Sherman Oaks one. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was there all the time. I waited on him once. He was fine. Nothing, not, not good, not bad. He was fine. Wasn't anything. That's so funny that you, that I, I saw him there one time and it was probably when you worked there. It was probably. Do you know who I waited on that I didn't know till years, not years later, a little later after Michael Jackson died, I had, I had waited on Debbie Rowe. Okay. She was kind of weird, but she was cool and she left a great tip. Now this is granted just some woman. Yeah. Right. I was like, but I rem- somehow I remembered her. And when Michael Jackson died and all the Debbie Rowe stuff started coming out, I was like, oh, my God, that's that cool woman I waited on. Huh. So I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But, you know, so this is like yeah. TMZ. TMZ. I also waited on right, what the hell? OK, uh, <laughs> Connie Selica and John Tesh. Wow. Okay? Insane. Connie Selica is insane. She's like this right-wing Christian nutcase, right? Uh. She wanted me to do something about the picture in the menu of a woman in a bikini. What was I going to do about this right now? And I'm like, well, right now I'm going to wait on my three other tables that just got sat, you nutcase. And then, <laughs> then God forbid you bring bread to the table right? Because no carbs, no carbs. They're on some ridiculous all meat diet. Well, that part I understand. Right, right. Yeah. But, but then they have, they have uh, like a four-year-old girl with them, mm-hmm. right? And she's eating like, like a, like a T-bone steak or whatever. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? And then it's like, I have to like, you know, do any dessert? She's like, carbs. And then, oh, she also wanted me to keep the, the, the pepper grinder at the table for her. Uh-huh. And then I look at Tesh and Tesh is just like, he's like a hen-pecked He's just like, I mean, he didn't say two words. She was running the show. And all I can think of is just like Connie Selica when she was on hotel, you know, I used to, I mean, my mom would watch her and stuff. Oh yeah. You know, she was on the greatest American hero, which I loved. Little did I know that years and years later I'd wait on her and she would be a whack job. Wow. So she's a purge. Oh, Connie Selica is a massive purge. I'm just looking her up right here. Now, I know you're a little bit older than me, but this, this yeah. seems like it. This, these shows she was on were even before your time. Were you watching vintage TV when you were young or something? Maybe. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, these, yeah, these shows were on before ALF. Yeah, they were. They were pre-ALF. I mean, like 1981, I think that was when The Greatest American Hero was on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I digress. All right. So, hey, what's the name of the show that you're enjoying? One more time. <laughs> The Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. It's a 30-minute special on Netflix by The Lonely Island. Uh, binge, for binge. sure. I love that one. I do. It just makes me laugh, man. It's so crazy. Now, we have sponsors every once in a while. We're blessed. Early on, uh, we didn't really have any real sponsors. But this is our favorite fake sponsor. This is for vegetables. Here we go. Our sponsor this week is Vegetables. Vegetables. Your mother was right. Vegetables. Don't like the taste? Put them in a smoothie with something you do like. Vegetables. Act now and start adding seconds to your clock. Vegetables. Sure, they'll give you gas, but in a good way. Vegetables. Binge. Don't purge. Vegetables. Fresh. 
frozen in a can. Who cares? For the love of God, just eat them. Thanks, vegetables. We owe you a great deal for getting in on the ground floor of this podcast. So thanks for helping us get our start. Next, one of Demo's probably the most impassioned review I've ever heard mm-hmm. is for an Amazon original show called The Boys, which is like an R-rated Marvel movie or an anti-Marvel movie, kind of like a Deadpool thing. You'll hear it in a minute. He loved this thing. Oh, yeah. Still do. I still love it. Never seen him so excited. And it's a great review. Demo's review from episode 18, The Boys on Amazon. Here we go. Can we get to the reason I'm excited today? I'm The streaming gods have finally smiled upon us. Have they? They have. I'm telling you right now, hallelujah for Amazon Prime's The Boys. Yahoo! (laughs) He's uh, shooting his pistolas in the air right now, if you're wondering. I'm going to say it right now. It's the best and most badass new show of 2019. Wow. Yep. Okay. I am super psyched. I, yeah. I'm almost disappointed because I watch it in two days and it's 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 gone now. It's over. And I got to wait another year for more of it. Yeah. It's already a bummer. I'm already like, you know, in withdrawals from it. Wow. I was like sick of this. I know you're like no more superhero shows. And I'm like, oh God, another superhero show. This show puts the superhero genre on its ass. It's a complete indictment of superheroes. Yeah, I I agree with that. Now, let me just tell you, I'm about half or maybe two-thirds of the way through it, but I'm with you so far. Okay, I I should get into specifics before I move on. Eight episodes, about an hour each. It's based on a comic book. It was uh, created for television by Eric Kripke, and then it's got uh, executive producers Seth Rogen and his merry band of deranged perverts behind it. Now, I didn't know that. Yes. that's That would not have been a plus for me. I'm glad I didn't know that in advance. Right. I didn't know it until I went this to the This is the, the makers credits. of Sausage Party? From the makers of Sausage Party and Future Man Are on sh- Hulu. Which so, is oh, it's unwatchable. We're not going to talk about Future Man. Okay. But that's on Hulu. Now they got a deal with Amazon, apparently. I also checked out this show was originally slated to be a Cinemax show. But you know how things work. So it's not on Cinemax. It's now for everyone's streaming pleasure Yeah. Amazon on Amazon Prime. Prime. Before it was even released last week, picked up for a second season. So Amazon already knows it's going to be a hit. Yeah, I saw that. So what's it about? What's the premise? The premise is superheroes, or soups as they're called, are corrupt, and a small group of vigilantes known as the boys are trying to take them down. That's it. That's the show. And it's hilarious, it's violent, and it has some really shocking moments. Now, Um, who's in it, you might ask? Yeah, who's in it? Because it's chock full of actors. Okay. Lots of actors in this. A lot of characters in it. For all the actors and performers and characters and everything going on, it's never a confusing show. It surprisingly not because there's It's so se- easy to follow. Right. Which is surprising because there's seven superheroes, principal superheroes. The seven as yeah. they're called. There's sort of two villains, I would right. say. Right. Then there's like the handlers of the superheroes. There's the government people. There's a lot of important characters in the show yeah and but you're right i i didn't get lost you will not get lost you will not get confused yeah 
So anyway, it's got Carl Urban in it. Great actor. Good okay. guy. Right? right? You know you know him. Sure. Sure. Did you see Dread? No. You got to see Dread with him in it. And I don't mean the Stallone Judge Dread one from oh. back in the day. I'm talking Dread where he's playing, you guessed it, Dread. That movie is awesome. Just a just little side note. Check out Dread. Okay. Kick-ass movie. Really good. Also, Jack Quaid. Now, who's Jack Quaid, you might ask? Quaid. Hmm, interesting. What a surprise. He's the child of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Yeah, no, I wasn't surprised by that. I right. just figured. I didn't even look it up. Also, there is an actress named Dominique McGilligot. McGilligot. She's now, Irish. She's like, now guess what show she was on? Oh, well, I'm looking at it. So what? I'm not guessing. I clicked on her name. The Last Tycoon. Right, which you thoroughly enjoyed. Love it. Right? So I'm saying this This is the thing where you got, ooh, we liked her on this Amazon show. Oh, let's give her a bigger part in this show. Well, she's also on House of Cards for 15 episodes. Oh, well, so she's a, She works. She's got a good agent. Let's find out who her agent is and get them to help us out, maybe. Right? Elizabeth Shue? Mm-hmm. You're like, huh? Elizabeth Shue? Elizabeth Shue's really good in it? Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, shut up. We all know what Elizabeth Shue is in. You're going to go with Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah. You're not going to go with the Karate Kid and Adventures in Babysitting? No. Cocktail? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Come on. And then it also stars Chase Crawford from Gossip Girl. He's so creepy. He's super creepy. He plays like a frat boy crossed with Aquaman. And I'm not giving anything away, but there's a really funny scene with him and a dolphin. But the real standout on this show for me is an actor that I'd never seen before named Anthony Starr. And he plays Homelander. He's like the leader of the seven. That's the guy that you liked the most. I think he gives the best performance. He has the the best character. He's good, sure. I kind of like Jack Quaid. Everyone's good on this, but I'm just saying the guy that's playing Homelander, I'd never seen him anything... He was on Banshee on Cinemax and then American Gothic on CBS, whatever. I have to say this show is right on where we are as a country right now. And it really zaps it. It's like really gives it to us. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, the the whole hero worship. Celebrity gets a lot of credit, Um, which uh, you remember when there's a scene where the, uh, a train guy goes to visit a kid in the hospital and he's like, don't give it away. Don't give away any of these nuggets, but I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. There's just stuff where it's like, Oh man, who would, who would act like that about a celebrity? It's like, uh, everybody today that has the E channel. That's who. Okay. I'm just oh, going to say this. Okay. This show rules. Okay. I'm going, I'm going, I rock it. It's a binge. It's a huge binge. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had five different people just this week tell me, hey, man, you got to do the boys. Yep. It's awesome. I'm not the only one right there out there right now saying this show rocks. Many people have yeah. already come to me saying, you got to review it. You got to say how awesome it is. That's I, I got a text message about 10 minutes before we uh, started recording this from someone who said, uh, you got to check this show out. Obviously, I've already you know, two-thirds of the way through it, but... Uh, you gotta finish it. I'm man. gonna finish it because it's good and it's the anti Marvel show. Yeah, totally. It's the anti any superhero show. That's the quote they need to pull from this for their posters. It's the anti Marvel show. Yeah, sure. Quote: Binge or purge, Joe Taylor. Binge slash demo. Yeah, binge. I'm, I'm gonna finish it. Um, gosh, let's change gears. 
Okay. This is the most excited I've seen you in a long time. I know. I was. I. I. You know. I know. I'm stuttering. I'm all over the map. I. I. I, I don't care. I'm finally excited about something. Usually, I get excited about something I hate. I'm like, oh man, yeah. I can't wait to tell you how much I hated this show. Finally, it's a show that I'm excited about that I enjoy. Yeah, that's the the. Uh... I'm finally happy that I'm doing this podcast so I can talk about a show that I thoroughly enjoyed. Hallelujah! Praise Jesus. What can I say, Joe? I love the boys. I know you do. That was a great review, man. My favorite review of all time so far that you've done. <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> it, it, I, this was like, I'm like, what? It, who are you? It's from episode seven. It was early on. It's a Netflix show called Northern Rescue. You know what? We're just going to play it and let it speak for itself. Here we go. I have... Maybe the most obscure pick uh, that we've done so far. Uh, this is one that doesn't really come up on Netflix recommends. I'm not sure how I found my way to it, uh, but it came up. It's called Northern Rescue. It's on Netflix. It's a series. There's 10 episodes. They're close to an hour long. I think it's probably 43 minutes. They probably made it for network and it didn't go. Um Let's see. Selling point number one, uh, William Baldwin is the star. That's your selling point? Uh, A couple things I realized about William Baldwin while watching this show. Number one, his hair looks CGI'd. He has Brian Grazer hair. (laughs) He has gelled. He He could model for the stuff that takes hair gel out. He has like porcupine, full head of hair. Like Eddie Munster with uh, L.A. looks gel in his hair. Just incredible, distracting hair. Now, help me out because I get confused on my Baldwins. William Baldwin is Billy Baldwin? He's just going by William now, but he was Billy Baldwin? I think so. Yeah, there's Steven, who's the one that's been on like Celebrity Rehab. Oh, yeah, he's yeah he's a crackpot. There's pot. Daniel, who I don't think does anything. Okay, William is Billy. I got it. And Alec, apparently, he does things. I'm not sure what Alec Baldwin has ever done, but I hear things. Well, here's the thing that I realized after watching this show. If they would have used Alec Baldwin instead of William Baldwin, wouldn't have been much difference. They, they're practically interchangeable. <laughs> I really thought that William Baldwin was just as good as Alec Baldwin could have been in this show. So that's kind of a loaded uh, mm. way to set it up. Um, <laughs> yes, I wrote down on my notes here. He has the hair. His hair made the pogo monkey look real. <laughs> the pogo monkey <laughs> from, from Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah. So, <laughs> six I know how much through. you hated that. Yeah. Um, I have, you can see I have a whole page of notes here. Yeah, it's a lot. Just start, just just get into it, man. Just okay. go. So, so here's what the show's about. This guy's wife dies. Uh, he's a search and rescue commander, and he uproots his family from Boston. They all live outside of Boston somewhere, although um, when you watch the show, I mean, I know, I've been to Boston. I know what Boston looks like. This is clearly like Toronto, like suburbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the first thing I noticed about the show I have this weird tick where if something's filmed in Canada, I can tell immediately. Like the Umbrella Academy. I knew right off the bat. I'm yeah. like, Toronto. Because there's a bluish hue to everything. Interesting. And- a bluish hue. That's your little That's your little clue? That's your tip off? Yeah. So, uh, so first thing I did was look it up. And of course, it was filmed uh, mostly in Toronto. My tip off is it looks generic. It looks like anywheresville. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could see that. It's got it's definitely got that going too. It it sure as heck does not look like Boston. So so that's where it starts out. But they move out of there and they move into uh, Turtle Island Bay, which I'm pretty sure is a made up place. So he uproots his three children. Now his three kids are all, of course, very different. One of them's it's kind of like the Modern Family kids a little bit. The dynamic. Um, the one girl, the older girl, I don't know, she's probably supposed to be 20 or something, but she's probably 28 in real life. She looks like a young Kate Hudson. So that's selling point number two. She, she's gorgeous and she's funny and cute and everything. So, so selling point number one, really? Well, if you're going to discount Baldwin, sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, here, here's the thing. I, I could name 20 things about this movie that, or about this show that just take you out of it. That are like, I don't, even if you buy the plot and the premise and the fact that they move into an abandoned aquarium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to step back. <laughs> uh, right there, right there, man. Right there. All right. <laughs> the show, the show is uh, Heart of Dixie meets Free Willy. Now, I know you don't know what Heart of Dixie is either, but I'm getting to that. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff in here. Imagine if you were watching a TV show and one character had like an obvious wig, but the wig was like kind of coming off. You know how in SNL sometimes in the skit, someone's wig will start to come Somebody off. Somebody gets a pad on the back and it shakes it up and it starts yeah. sliding. Now imagine if every character in the show <laughs> had something like that, that you're like, don't buy it. This is selling point number three. <laughs> okay. So there's a lot wrong with it. <laughs> There's the, I don't know, the art department was doing or what. Um, let's see. Uh, the family members. So there's uh, William Baldwin. There's the uh, his dead wife's sister. Then there's the three kids. Now, they're all white. Other than that, could not look less related. Imagine five white people that look like they were from completely different families. They're like, oh, here's this family. No resemblance. They and it's all supposed to be biological? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the casting's weird. Um, but here's, here's the overall thing about this. I don't know if you, if you like, grew up in church, but there's, like, like Christian <laughs> I movies. Not, I did you not ever watch Christian church. movies? I tried not to. So, like, Kirk Cameron movies. Oh, God. McGee and Me. Any of this ring a bell? I'm faith. learning. I'm learning a lot about you right now, okay. Joe. Faith. Imagine a faith-based movie. Okay. okay. Imagine if you lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and you won $120 million, and you gave 12 of it to your local church to make a TV show with, and they had no experience. They were just sweet kids with some video cameras that hired William Baldwin, made a TV show. I have to stop you. This is my favorite review you've done so far. I have to say, this is, this, this is a good one, man. You're, 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 oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. It, it, gets, it gets better. Um, it's, it's about as bumpkin, uh, middle America, no experience on set. Everyone's just here just for the fellowship. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. It's sweet. It has heart. And I think that it should remind people in L.A. and New York that there's nice, kind-hearted people in middle America. And this thing sticks it to them because it's not very good. But I think a lot of people are watching it. And it is a sweet story. 
And you know what? Binge. Oh my God, you're kidding me. Binge it. <laughs> Get yourself a nice big slice of casserole. Sit down with your Snuggie on and, and watch this thing because... I'm going to pour myself a glass of whole milk. It's not cynical. Nobody gets murdered. Nobody gets raped or killed. It's just very sweet. And it is definitely amateur hour, which to me made it funny. But like for the average person, uh, you know, maybe people who listen to this podcast that don't have SAG cards, they might not notice all this stuff that we're ragging on. Right. They might just think that it's a good show. Does it have like a, a Starbucks cup that should have been put in there? <laughs> uh, is it that no, amateur? Is that, is that, it that amateur. amateur where they would leave a coffee cup in it? It's not, it's not that amateur. Uh, there was tasteful use of score, although it did sound like they bought all their score on like iStockScore.com or something. Like It, it definitely was like... A, a, not even a student film. It's like a church project film. I'm shocked. Shocked that I've never heard of this. Uh, Northern Rescue on Netflix. Ten episodes. It's a nice story. The characters are cool. There's a lot of stuff wrong with it. If, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a cynical egomaniac who nitpicks everything like me and Demo, definitely watch it because <laughs> it, that alone makes it worth it. But... You know what? It's sweet, and not everybody's as picky as we are. So I'm going to say, suck it, Hollywood. Binge Northern Rescue. That's bold. Thank that's you. a bold review. That's my favorite review you've done so far, I have to say. that was that was. I think that's probably more entertaining than the show. Okay, well, that was one of the most surprising shows I've watched in the history of this podcast. I love that review. I do. I love it. If you go on Rotten Tomatoes, this show has a 95% certified fresh with the audience. Guess what the critic score is? Uh, zero. No, there isn't one. <laughs> no, no one who no one who critiques TV or movies has ever heard of this thing except for me. Okay, and now you. I think you're the ninety-five percent, aren't you? Isn't that just your review? I voted ninety-five times, so that sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun. So uh, this is kind of how we do things around here. If you've never listened to the podcast, this was about as good of a uh, synopsis as we can give you yeah it's a little test sample of what we do here on binge or purge you also might have noticed a voice uh chiming in every once in a while that's just the facts she's our little fact checker here and uh you can follow her on twitter and instagram at the jessica greer and uh she makes a huge contribution to our show thanks jess thank you and thank you joe Hey, thank you, Demo. You got it. This was episode 24 of Binge or Purge, a little best of. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. See you next time.